Hello Morongo Basin and listeners around the world online at Z1077FM.com. Here is the Z1077 local news for Wednesday, August 9th, 2023. Testimony began yesterday in the trial of Arthur Davies, the man accused of murdering his girlfriend's son in 2018. Online news editor Robert Hayden was at the trial and joins us with this report. The only ones in the room. Those words set the tone for the prosecution's opening statements on Tuesday, along with x-ray images of a child's fractured skull and a hemorrhage right eye. Prosecution says that these injuries, amongst others, were inflicted on Parker Lee Schumacher, who was 17 months old at the time, by Arthur Davies, the only man in the room with Parker when the incident allegedly occurred on February 10th of 2018. Sway's opening statement detailed the amount of energy it would take to create the type of blunt force trauma that Parker died from, forces akin to things like a violent car crash, crushing injuries, or falls from a great height. Prosecution says Davies gave two stories to the police. The first is that Davies heard crying upon returning from the restroom where he found Parker on the ground having a seizure. Later, Davies admitted that the story was false and said that what actually happened is that Parker fell from his right arm while he was holding the toddler and walking from the kitchen to the living room. Defense attorney Zulu Ali opened his statement, saying the state of California lacked enough evidence to support the story that the injuries sustained by Parker were willfully inflicted by Davies. Ali stated that although it was, quote, a very, very tragic day, that they will produce an expert witness that will confirm the Parker's injuries were consistent with Davies' second story. Ali wrapped his opening statement, saying that for someone to kill a 17-month-old child is a monster if he does it willfully and intentionally, but nothing like that has ever happened. Clearly, it was an accident. After opening statements, prosecution called their first witness, a forensic pathologist, Dr. Chanrican Lopez, who spent the rest of the day detailing the autopsy of the victim and the types of injuries sustained by the toddler. In multiple hours of testimony, Lopez discussed her professional background and then the three major injuries sustained by the toddler, a complex fracture on the back of the head and internal bleeding and hemorrhaging beneath the child's skull and right eye. Dr. Lopez determined that the cause of death was blunt force trauma to the head and that the manner of death was a homicide. Lopez asserts that these injuries are more in line with someone who died from a violent car accident or falling from three to five stories high. The court will hear more testimony today before it wraps for the week. We'll have a longer version of this story online that provides more context for the case, which has been awaiting trial for over five years. You can find that in daily coverage of the trial on our website, z1077fm.com. Reporting for Z1077 News, this is Robert Hayden. Joshua Tree National Park Rangers have instituted a fire ban within the boundaries of the park as a protection against potential wildfires. As the first major action of newly named Park Superintendent Jane Rogers, the new restriction includes all campgrounds, backcountry sites, and residential areas inside park boundaries. The restriction includes wood burning or charcoal fires, including campfires and charcoal barbecues, as well as smoking within 10 feet of vegetation and the use of generators within 3 feet of vegetation. These restrictions will remain in place until October 1st, or park managers have determined that the wildfire danger levels have subsided. Current conditions inside the park specifically the proliferation of dry grass and excessively hot weather, are extremely conducive to wildfires. A wildfire in Mojave National Preserve is still burning across more than 90,000 acres, and park rangers hope these restrictions prevent a similar event in Joshua Tree National Park. In 29 Palms last night, a group of concerned residents gathered outside City Hall to express fears around the location of the proposed wastewater treatment plant. Reporter Heather Clisby was there and joins us with this report. 
Just one hour before the start of last night's 29 Palm City Council meeting, approximately 20 residents gathered at Veterans Park to attend a Stop the Sewer rally. Led by resident Joseph Carter, the rally was held in protest of the proposed location of a wastewater treatment plant east of the post office, off of Desert Knoll Avenue, and Buena Vista Drive. According to the group's website, StopTheSewer.org, the citizens are pushing back against the council's location decision and voicing their concerns about possible drops in nearby property values, an average of $20,000, as much as 10 to $25 million total. The flyer also included a graphic with a one-mile radius that could be affected by an odor emitting from the treatment plant. When asked, Carter could not provide verified sources for either of these claims, though it was determined that, quote, two real estate agents and an online source were at the root of the numbers and the projected radius. Councilmember Octavia Scott, who represents the area, also attended the rally. Scott stated that he has toured the wastewater treatment plant in Yucca Valley and asked the plant manager about the smell. I asked the plant manager, does it ever stink? He said yes. Every day it stinks for at least 15 minutes at 6 a.m. I kind of find that a little only for 15 minutes. Scott did tell the crowd that additional studies may be required before the project moves forward. Once we do the USGS study, which takes five years to complete, we will know how long we have until we have a problem with our groundwater. We should not be planning things without doing these studies. At a June council meeting, Scott made a motion to further explore alternative locations for the plant. Reporting for Z1077, this is Heather Clisby. After a month-long absence, the 29 Palms City Council gathered before a standing-room-only crowd to bid farewell to a retiring attorney, meet new city employees, talk trash, and hear a heartfelt apology from the city's mayor. Reporter Heather Clisby rejoins us with details. Last night's meeting of the 29 Palm City Council was one for the books. There were two items pulled from the consent calendar for discussion. The first pertained to a recommendation by the Events Ad Hoc Committee to provide $12,000 for four proposed events. The funding was approved. The second item pulled concerned a contract agreement with Caroline Partamian to facilitate the Creative Corps grant for the Public Arts Advisory Council. The item was also approved. Next, the council approved a promissory note of $20,000 to Morongo Basin Arch to address homelessness. Next came a welcome surprise for most, the removal of an agenda item concerning a proposed council code of conduct. Several in the audience had attended the meeting to voice concerns, but instead, Mayor MacArthur Wright read a statement that not only removed the item from the agenda, but offered an extensive apology to residents, city staff, and his fellow council members. You can read the full statement at this story z1077fm.com. The next agenda item concerned a five-year, $1 annual lease agreement with AHA Projects for the relocation of Mojave Land, an art-focused miniature golf site behind Theater 29. City Attorney Patrick Munoz then addressed the council regarding SB 1383, the state law that mandates all municipalities offer organic waste collection. The resolution to approve the amendment to the franchise agreement with Burtech was approved 5-0. Reporting for Z1077, this is Heather Clisby. The Yucca Valley Planning Commission met last night and reviewed the Land Development Update Report. Staff said Chipotle is progressing with their revisions to their site plan and final landscape plan. Quick Quack buildings are going up, and Wine and Rock Shop is working on their staff report with a minor use extension. Nice Dream Isis has appealed the in-lieu charges for the highway widening and will attend an appeal hearing on September 5th. 
Reporter Hillary Sloan was at the meeting and has this report. During the land development report review, staff reported two pre-applications for multifamily developments on Santa Fe Trail in Old Town and a pre-app for a lander's subdivision. Evoke Modern is still working on its motel permit. Black Bear Diner pulled their assigned permits for a south-facing wall, and Carl's Jr. is progressing with their signage plans. At a recent meeting, town council asked staff to come back with a report on special events in residential areas, which will happen at the next Yucca Valley town council meeting. Domino's Jersey Mike's permit has been resubmitted. Starbucks West is still working on the traffic report. STR activity is currently at 70 to 75 available permits. Vons is for sale. Chipotle is planning a split lot and will put the property up for sale. The staff is unsure if the sale is for the building and the lot or just the extra lot. Quick Quack Car Wash is also for sale. Vice Chair Gerard Noonan ended the meeting by saying the Yucca Valley Airport resurfacing is complete thanks to a $275,000 loan from Caltrans and a $90,000 grant from Measure K. Reporting for Z1077 FM, this is Hillary Sloan. And speaking of the airport, the organization that oversees it, the Yucca Valley Airport District, holds their regular session meeting tonight. Hillary Sloan rejoins us with a look at tonight's agenda. The Yucca Valley Airport runway work has been completed as of August 5th. The airport is now open and air traffic has already resumed. The Yucca Valley Airport District announced a board of directors meeting on August 9th at 6.30 in the Mesquite Room of the Yucca Valley Community Center. The board will review airport business and future agenda items, including the schedule of airport usage fees, job descriptions for an airport manager and administrative contractor and a weed abatement plan. For Z1077, this is reporter Hillary Sloan. Blue skies and calm waters have returned to Joshua Basin Water District customers following Sunday's surprise failure of a subterranean main water line. Reporter Mike Lipsitz brings us this update. Following Sunday morning's failure of a 20-inch main water line near the highway and Center Avenue in Joshua Tree, emergency crews from the Water District worked in shifts through the night to reestablish pressurized water service to area homes and businesses. The repair effort was hampered by the large size of the water main and by its location, about 30 feet below grade. A Monday Facebook post from Joshua Basin Water District announced the repair had been completed. The 8.45 a.m. post came some 22 hours after crews first pinpointed the location of the break. The district has emergency repair staff on call 24-7. Customers are encouraged to report any emergencies or leaks at 760-366-8438. Reporting for Z1077 News, this is Mike Lipsitz. And finally, inflation is causing a lot of people to tighten their belts. If you're in that boat and live within the Joshua Basin Water District, there may be some relief in sight. Here's reporter Stacy Soley. Falling behind on your water bill can be stressful, especially if your service is at risk of being shut off or your account is about to go into collections. The good news is that if you're struggling, you can show up at the Joshua Basin Water District office on Thursday to take advantage of a federal aid program that might be able to cut you a break. 
Volunteers from the Community Action Partnership of San Bernardino County will be on site from 10 a.m. to 12 noon and from 1 p.m. to 2 p.m. to help residents figure out if they qualify and to fill out applications. Applicants need to bring three things, a current water bill, a government-issued ID, and documentation of income for the last four weeks. Called the Low Income Household Federal Water Assistance Program, it's founded in the idea that all people deserve access to safe and clean water. It's important to note, though, that you can only qualify for this relief one time. The Joshua Basin Water District Office is at 61750 Chalita Road in Joshua Tree. For more details about the program and to check if you qualify, go online to csd.ca.gov backslash water bill. For Z1077 News, this is Stacy Soley. That's our local news. Hear local news seven times a day, seven days a week at 7, 8, 9, noon, 4, 5, and 6. If you hear news happening, let us know about it. Email us at tips at z1077fm.com. Reporting for the Morongo Basin News Leader, the award-winning Z1077 Local News, I'm Jeff Harmetz.